Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. It's Friday, September 11th. There will be no tech news covered in today's show. Instead, we'll be hearing stories from three different folks who volunteered to share their experience on this tragic day 19 years ago. Uh, September 11th saw a series of four coordinated terrorist attacks that resulted in 2,977 fatalities, over 25,000 injuries, and substantial long-term health consequences. In addition, at least $10 billion in infrastructure and property damage. 9-11 is the single deadliest terror attack in human history. Four passenger airlines, which had departed from airports in the northeastern U.S. bound for California, were hijacked. Two of the planes, American Airlines Flight 11 and United Airlines Flight 175, crashed into the North and South Towers, respectively, of the World Trade Center complex in Lower Manhattan. Within an hour and 42 minutes, both 110-story towers collapsed. Debris and the resulting fires caused a partial or complete collapse of all other buildings in the World Trade Center complex, including the... (laughs) Dang. (laughs) This is really hard to read, <laughs> just being honest with you guys. Um, sorry. Uh, including the 47-story Seven World Trade Center tower, as well as significant damage to 10 other large surrounding structures. A third plane, American Airlines Flight 77, was crashed into the Pentagon, the headquarters of the U.S. Department of Defense in Arlington County, Virginia, which led to a partial collapse of the building's west side. The fourth plane, United Airlines Flight 93 was initially flown towards Washington, D.C., but crashed into a field in Stony Creek Township, Pennsylvania, after passengers thwarted the hijackers. There's three individuals on the show here that have uh, experiences that they want to share, so I'm just going to get right into that. Uh, Al Rashid, I'll put you up here first, man. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, thank you for allowing me to join this conversation. Um, for me personally, and... Uh, I'm just going to take a few minutes just to share my story from that day, that morning. I've lived here in the Northern Virginia area my entire life. I've never been in a federal building until I started working at the Pentagon. Uh, my uh, employment there started in January of 2001. I was overwhelmed by the size of the building, the magnitude of what goes in and out of the building, who comes in and out of the building, so on and so forth. But that morning, that September 11th morning. It was a Tuesday. The weather was ideal. Uh, There was nothing but bright skies. And I was driving into work. And my shift at the time was from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. As a federal contractor, we are required to park as far as possible. And so I parked in the south parking lot. And I'll get to that. And this all kind of makes sense as I go along. I arrived at the Pentagon shortly before 6 a.m. And um, Our office was located below ground. It was a fallout shelter. The Pentagon renovates space often, so our office was not something out of the ordinary. Space is limited and it's repurposed for many reasons. I bring this to your attention for a reason, which I'll get to shortly. Some key points to consider as I go along. We didn't have smartphones and we had the pagers that worked as a texting service where you can text back and forth. And they were widely used at the time. The kind, And because of our office location, we felt isolated and didn't have a lot of foot traffic in our corridor. So we didn't see people coming and going. And 
we weren't always aware of if there was a problem, if there was a situation that needed to be addressed. For those that don't know, the Pentagon has five floors and five rings. And the rings are A, B, C, D, and E. The building is enormous and it's overwhelming at, at first. It's, um, it's, it's, like, it's like something you've never seen. You get lost, but it's a challenge. Uh, but once you become adept to it, you become familiar with these surroundings and you're aware of where you are with each ring, corridor, and office. Our office space accommodated each of the employees, but also included our server room. It was a very tight-knit space. And if I recall, there were about 20 employees on this contract, and it was it was so tight. I, I can't, it's no, without, exaggerating, without exaggerating. However, our storage room uh, was on the opposite side of the building, and I was supposed to be in this room when the plane hit that morning. Like any normal weekday, the building is full of people. And if I recall, the building on average has about 25, 20 to 25,000 people a day. I arrived that morning at my desk, signed into my computer, proceeded as normal, just like anybody else. At the time, I was a smoker, and occasionally I would step outside for a smoke break. A few hours had passed, and more team members started to arrive in the office. But some were off-site in nearby Crystal City, supporting our remote offices and clients. I happened to be at my desk, surfing the web, when I decided, for whatever reason, to uh, check out CNN.com, and this happened to be around 8.45 that morning. This was around the same time the North Tower was struck by the first plane. I caught the still image on my monitor, and I could not believe what I just witnessed. I was in complete shock, just like anybody else throughout the country and the world, but I was in denial because you could never imagine such a thing would ever happen. I called around, I asked my fellow team members, and they huddled around my desk, and what I wanted from them was to confirm what I'd saw, what I'd seen, and everyone else, like me, was in shock. The atmosphere within the office was silent. Nobody knew how to react. Everyone was in a state of shock and disbelief. Then 17, roughly 17 minutes later, the South Tower in New York City was struck by the second plane. By this time, my team members and I had now realized this was not an accident and paused. At around 9.37, the third plane had struck the Pentagon. And just off the top of my head, if I recall, and again, just as a reminder, our office was a fallout shelter. It was below ground. So basically, anything that hit the building, you wouldn't feel. You wouldn't sense. You didn't even know something had happened. And if I recall, when the plane hit the building... The emergency lights went off, or on, I should say. Announcements were made throughout the broadcast system, uh, throughout in, within the building. And just imagine for yourself, 20 to 25,000 people evacuating the building in a calm, single, fire, single file um, manner. It was surreal. It's like something that you can't make up, and I can't stress it enough. It's not something you would ever want to be in a position of witnessing or seeing for yourself. When the plane struck the building, it struck on the opposite side. We didn't feel or hear a thing caused by the crash. My office team members and I uh, evacuated the uh, building as we were instructed to do so. We exited the building through the river entrance. If I recall, the entrance was normally used, and again, nearly 20 years later, so forgive me for my uh, short-term memory. The river entrance, which we exited and used, was normally used by dignitaries and high-ranking officials. We then proceeded to walk towards the North parking lot. And again, this is on the opposite side of where I normally park my car. And if you've never been on the grounds of the Pentagon, um, just to give you some idea, it's 
huge. Not only the building, but the grounds, the parking lot, the surrounding area. It's just so big, it's unimaginable. We then proceeded to walk over to LBJ Park along the Potomac River. And for those that are not familiar with where the Pentagon is, it's actually in Northern Virginia, but it has a DC address. So across the river, you can see DC, the monuments, the bridges, so on and so forth. So as we proceeded to LBJ Park alongside the Potomac River, my team members and I just waited for further instruction. But from a distance, again, on the opposite side of the building where the plane had struck uh, the Pentagon, you could see the smoke, the fire, and you can just hear the sounds, the sirens, people, so on and so forth. The remaining members of my team were off-site and were not reachable by cell phone because all the lines were down. The only method to get a hold of anybody was the text pager that I mentioned earlier. Thankfully, each team member was accounted for and safe. And as I mentioned a moment ago, on the opposite side of the park was the site of the plane crash. You could not see the exact spot where the plane hit the building, but you could sense and feel the emotions around you. There was panic, shock, and just uh, a feeling of not knowing what to do or how to react. But this included screaming, sirens, helicopters, so on and so forth. To our left were the bridges that lead in and out of D.C. from the Virginia side. On the bridges, cars came to a complete stop. Drivers exited their vehicles and began to cross the bridges by foot. So this is something, with all due respect, you would see in a movie, never expect to see in real life. Me personally, I'll never be able to shake that image, that feeling, just seeing people parking their cars and just walking and leaving them behind. A few minutes had passed while we waited for further instructions from officials. And out of nowhere came multiple members of the Navy, of the Navy dressed in their uniforms, running towards us, screaming, get the F down multiple times. No one knew what to expect or why they were doing this or what was going on, but they did so because it was presumed the fourth plane was headed our way or towards DC. We scrambled for cover and remained quiet for a few moments before we were given the all clear. And as most everybody knows, the fourth plane crashed in, in Pennsylvania. We remained in the park for roughly one to two additional hours. During this time, we didn't know that the Twin Towers had collapsed. And just again, I can't stress it enough, nearly 20 years ago, we didn't have the technology or the information in our hand like we do these days with these smartphones. And furthermore, the fourth plane, as I mentioned a moment ago, had crashed in Pennsylvania. Nobody was able to get in contact with any family members by phone. For me personally, I had to text a friend of mine using my pager, and he had a similar pager, and he was then able to share with my family that I was safe and sound. At about 2 p.m., officials gave us the permission to return to our cars and head home. My car, again, was on the opposite side, so I decided to leave it behind and grabbed a ride home with a co-worker of mine who lived a few minutes down from where I was. Out of the kindness of his heart, he also took two co-workers home that day, but they lived on the opposite side in Maryland, but it was the right thing to do. I vividly remember riding home in his Jeep, topping windows down, being stuck in traffic because everyone had left the city to get home in the suburbs of Virginia and Maryland. Traffic was a nightmare. It barely moved, and it was just a struggle to get in and out. While on our way to Maryland to drop off our fellow coworkers, we were surrounded by nothing but cars going nowhere. Each had their windows down, and each was playing the same news station throughout their car radio in unison, one besides the other. So just imagine being surrounded and stuck on a road 
by hundreds of cars, all their windows down, and everybody's listening to the same news, the same station. Eventually, we dropped off our coworkers, and my friend and I started heading home to Virginia. We arrived home at around five. We arrived at my home at around five or six p.m. I honestly don't remember the exact time. I got out of his car. We gave each other a hug, and then I proceeded to walk into the house. I was greeted by my wife, who, whom I hadn't spoken to since the night before. And that's partially because, A, I get up at the crack of dawn to get into the work, and B, all phone service was just down. You couldn't get through to anybody. We hugged one another and then sat silently in the family room watching the news while everyone else around, like everyone else around the world. A few minutes later, I excused myself. I called it a day and proceeded to the bedroom to gather my thoughts to myself. I reflected on that day from the time I woke up until the time I arrived at home and still could not believe what had occurred or the fact that I was fortunate enough to be alive. And here we are 19 years later, 19 years later and I'm still in a state of shock at what had occurred and how many people had lost their lives and so on and so forth. One of, the main, one of the main reasons I wanted to share this story is because I want to remind us all that we're very lucky and very fortunate to be alive, but most importantly, we're surrounded by our family and our friends. For many of you that have gotten to know me, this is why I'm, not, I'm down to earth and low-key. And uh, that pretty much summarizes my day. I'll let the others speak, and then we can jump in on a conversation. Awesome. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. Did you, just a quick question, though, before we move to Paul. Um, did you happen to know, I was just pulling up the, the stats. Um, so in Arlington, there were 125 people it looked like that died at the Pentagon on the ground. Um, you know, notwithstanding the, the 59 plus five on American 77. Um, did you work with or know any of them? I mean, how did that? No, so to answer your question, uh, I did not know anyone that had passed away on either of the planes. And I, did not know anybody that had passed away within the building itself. But like I said earlier, our um, server room, our storage room was on that side of the building. And the man above, I I can't say it enough, protected me. Um, There were two issues that I needed to address that morning. Uh, The one that took a higher priority saved my life. Wow. All right. Um, Thank you, Al. Um, I really appreciate you sharing these these stories, guys. Uh, It's just, sobering and it's good to pause and, and reflect on them. Um, Paul, if you want to go ahead, man. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing. And Aaron, uh, when you, when you were just reading it out, it, uh, um, you know, it kind of triggered, you know, the, the old feelings of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of bringing me back because so much of it is so vivid. Um, on September 11th, back then I was, um, I was not far away from Al. Um, I was working in Roslyn on the 14th floor of a building, and we were um, we were a prototype data center for. Um, we were our, our mission was to detect nuclear tests, and so we had this big situation room. You know, anytime India or Pakistan would light off a nuclear test, we'd you know all these dignitaries and so so forth would come through, and so we had this huge this huge, um, huge, you know, situation room, you know, big panels and all that. And when, when the first, uh, I, I found out that the first, first plane hit the world trade center from a friend of mine, I was IMing, And, uh, you know, I think like a lot of us, I thought, well, 
an accident, you know, your mind immediately starts going to, well, it's probably a small plane, you know, or, or some, some sort of accident. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, you get that other hit. And then very clearly, um, it's a, it's a terrorist attack. And, you know, people started gathering in the situation room and, and not obvious that anything can be done. Um, but, uh, but about a half an hour later, you know, you, we, unlike Al, we, we heard it because we were situated across, um, across the Arlington cemetery. So we were facing that face of the, of the Pentagon. And so it was this very low frequency thump and, um, and yeah, that was, uh, very clear at that time that this was a terrorist attack and <clears throat> the leaders, you know, the, the, you know, the managers on site very quickly decided to evacuate. I had data center things. We weren't really automated back then. Right. And so I had, uh, things to, to line up, but, uh, we all, you know, Al, as Al described, just kind of filed down out into, uh, out into the streets of Arlington, started gravitating primarily toward the cemetery because that's the big open space. And I remember thinking to myself, what a beautiful day it was. Um, you know, not a cloud in the sky, completely silent, which is so weird for the DC area, right? There's always planes. Reagan National is right there. There's always planes around it. You just kind of, it, it becomes part of the background for you. And when it's not there, it was extremely eerie and you're surrounded by crowds, thousands of people, right? That are, that are all around you in the same situation. And so we had gone from this super hyper-informed situation where we were up in the situation room down to the ground level where there was no cell coverage, could not get texts out, um, you know, and, and completely in the dark. And basically being herded essentially um, from area to area. Uh, it was, uh, you know, there's certain personality types that are common in DC. And um, there was, it was, a, it was a very, very strange time. People really did, um, you know, pull together in, in very uh, tribal ways, I suppose it was, everybody was in, um, in, in it together and, uh, you know, just, just figuring things out, you know, trying to get home. You know, we, we didn't have access to access to that building for days afterward. Right. And the, the skies were completely silent for days afterward with the exception of the unsettling, you know, uh, sonic boom of a, of a fighter jet or some sort of interceptor. Right. So it was just a, it was one of the, uh, one of the most shaking experiences I've, I've had. And so I, I wanted to, to share it, um, almost as therapy, but, but also, um, to, to hear and, and discuss with, with others and Al, I, hearing your perspective from, from your angle was, uh, was really powerful. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for sharing as well. Have uh, have either of y'all been to the uh, the Pentagon Memorial on the on the west side there with the yes. benches? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I was there last year. 184 granite covered benches engraved with the victims' names. Uh, I mean, tell me, tell me what you 
felt when you were there visiting it after you were there when it happened? Uh, I'll, I'll just jump in because I don't want to take up everyone's time. Um, I, I, if I could just elaborate just a little bit more. The Pentagon for me was very, it's historic for most people, but it took on another level um, post 9-11. I remained employed with this contractor and at, you know, on site until September of 2003. Part, and, and to answer your question, Aaron, I attended the one-year, I don't even know if anniversary is a good word to use, uh, in 2002 um, when President Bush was on site. And um, furthermore, I also had access to the damaged area um, because the contract that I was on provided support for the uh, police department on site. So some of the scenes and sites, not only the day of, but days after that I saw, uh, it's hard to shake. It's still engraved in my memory. And I don't want to get into the details. We can talk offline if you're interested. But as far as the memorial, I have been there, and it's, um, it does it does get the best of you. It's, it's still, again, nearly 20 years later, it's hard to accept or hard to believe. Hmm. Thanks, Al. Uh, Edwin, do you want to share? Yeah. So, so uh, about the memorial. So currently I live, I live in uh, San Diego, California, um, but I was born and raised in the DC area, born in Bethesda, Maryland, um, and grew up all around and, and lived all around the DC area. Um, last place we lived was in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, so, you know, we, uh, me and my family, um, we went out, we went back to the East coast, for um, field trip, we homeschool our kids, so we went back and we did the tour of the Pentagon. Um, and I was not ready. I was not ready to to go back. And it it didn't really occur to me until I started walking down the corridor, the familiar corridor to where the impact happened. And we went into the the room where it's the memorial. You, you see the book. And I'm flipping over to the pages looking for the um, two people that we lost from our organization. And I could not, I mean, even right now I'm shaking my hands. I haven't even had coffee today. My hands are shaking, but it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sobering thought. And it's, I just being back there, uh, I could I actually could not stop crying. I couldn't, I couldn't control my nerves. It was, um, it was, grief mixed with joyfulness to be alive, but also anger that another human being could orchestrate something like this. Um, so that, yeah, that was, uh, that was my experience going back to uh, the memorial. And I've, and I've, I've been in the Pentagon uh, for about 12 years after the, after the attacks happened. And I, and not once did I want to go to, that area of the Pentagon, even when they had the memorial services, it was just really hard for me to just sit through the ceremonies. And even though I knew like who was going to be attending, it was, it was just hard for me. Um, and then w- once I share my story, it might, might make more sense, but it's, it's really, um, it's really, really hard every year. Uh, I try to stay off of Facebook and social media. It's actually <laughs> surprising that I checked Twitter this morning. Man, why did I check Twitter? And then I saw your, your post, Aaron. And uh, yeah, thank you. And it is really a privilege to, to, 
to sit here and, and share my story and very thankful, very grateful. Um, but I guess I'll, I guess I'll just kick off my story and, um, give you a little bit of background of, of where I came from. So two thousand in the year 2000, I was, I was, I was a mobile electronic specialist. I used to work on cars and, and, um, I used to do stereo systems for all the athletes or a lot of the athletes in the area, the capital, Washington Capitals, Wizards had tons of friends on all the teams, Redskins, you name it. Um, but I just felt like I needed to switch my profession to um, something IT based, something computer based, even though it was just completely different than what I was used to. I just felt an urge to. So, you know, got certified, did the whole A plus thing. Um, try to get as many Microsoft shirts as I could. And I landed an interview in the Pentagon. My friend, used uh, he, he was working in there and he had a lead for an entry-level help desk position. Um, the hiring manager looked at my resume. He goes, um, and he's looking at, it's all mobile electronics experience. There's no tech experience at all. He goes, why should I hire you for this position? He didn't even, he just, he just glanced at my res, put it down. I said, well, and he goes, why should I hire you over someone that's experienced? I said, well, I, I can't tell you about, you know, their experience, but what I can tell you about me is that I like to, I like to learn if I don't know the answer, I'll go out and find it. Okay. So that <laughs> we'll just package that away for a later part of the story. Um, and fortunately I got hired on fast forward, um, a year you know, in 2001, um, I had a tooth that was bothering me. So every time I would eat lunch, and of course, it, you know, we're in a help desk area, and you know, we have all the technicians, whenever manager there. It's 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 very. Uh, it was our our workspace was pretty casual. So we're we're eating in an open space, and my manager would always see me eat. And every time I would <laughs> bite down on something, I would just flinch or just grunt, like, "Oh man, my tooth." <laughs> And she goes, how long have you been dealing with this? I said, oh, about two or three years. I just don't trust dentists. I don't want to go into the dentist office. She's, she was stopping an idiot and make an appointment for the dentist. And she was, she was cool. She was a cool manager. She cared about each and every one of us and um, kind of like a mother. So I said, okay. And when I, I called my dentist and made the appointment, it was for September 11th, Tuesday at 7.30. And so I went to, I went to the dentist, um, went to the dentist, got my teeth done. I get on the 395. My dentist was in Alexandria, Virginia. If anyone knows the area, um, you take 395 North going into DC. I was working at, in the Pentagon at the time. So you get on 395 North and right before you get into DC, it kind of, there's, it's like a slight incline, not really a hill, but you can't necessarily see a direct shot of DC or even the Pentagon. So you, you're on 395. So, and of course, if anyone knows DC area traffic, it's like gridlock anytime after six, it's gridlock. So I, I get on the road, um, I, I can't remember the exact time, but it was just, it was just gridlock and 
Yeah, I was right before, um, I'm forgetting the entrance now, but it's, or an exit. But anyways, we're, we're on 395 and this was unmistakable over to our left, over, over to my left. Uh, I, I could not unsee this part. I saw the plane. There was an airplane and was flying really low to the ground and really fast. And if you know the DC area, you know that's not a flight path. And you know and oh so so to preface this, I had not been listening to the news. I don't know what's been going on in New York at this time. So so all of us in traffic, or at least me, I'm like, I don't know what that was an airplane, but I know that wasn't supposed to be the right place. And and the angle of it you know, wasn't going to land at national. So I rolled down my window and it seemed like almost everyone rolled down their window. They're like, did you see what happened? Like as if we knew each other, as if we were neighbors, right? Uh, did you see that fly right over us? Did, I mean, are we, were we just seeing that? And a couple minutes later, I mean, it's still gridlock. Um, I'm in the far right lane. Uh, police officer, I just see him barreling down the shoulder. I'm like, you know what? We're in gridlock. I'm just going to follow. I'm pretty sure there's something else happening. So I just, I just got on the shoulder. I probably shouldn't have, but whatever. I did it anyways. I followed the uh, police officer and he was going right past um, South parking um, of the, the Pentagon parking lot. And as I'm climbing over the, as I'm driving over the hill or the, uh, uh, the incline, I see smoke. I'm like, where's that smoke coming from? And I'm thinking, Oh, did it hit the Pentagon mall? It did it. Cause you can't really tell where the angle was. It was, it was kind of weird. And then I saw part of the Pentagon. Like as I got closer, I saw, I saw the smoke. I saw a fire or a little bit of fire and smoke. And also, um, I think I left this part out in the beginning of the story. The um, the department that I was supporting, doing help desk support, um, was for for the area that got hit, um, and it was it was so the 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 division is um, the war planning and training division of the army, and I was doing I was doing some work the previous night in this office or one of the offices that got hit. And I was, and I think I was running a defrag on a disc or something. I, I was doing something where the computer is doing whatever it needed to do. And I just like to, I like to take in the scenery. So I was looking outside of the window the previous night and it's right. It was right outside where the helicopter would land. There was a, there was a helicopter where, you know, dignitaries would, would um, fly in, fly out. And, um, you know, I was just, I was just checking out the, I was watching the helicopter land and, and take off. I thought it was pretty cool. And, but, a, but a little, little thing in me said, man, this is pretty vulnerable. It's like, right. I can't believe it's right here facing like a major, major road. Most, most, uh, air force bases or naval bases, army bases, they're, they're highly secure. I'm like, wow, this is pretty wide open. Anyways, bring the story back. 
as I saw the same window that I was looking out of, it was just smoking. You can, and I was looking in, you could actually see the part of the inside of the Pentagon. I'm like, that's the filing cabinet that I was standing. It was really weird just to see something that you're, you're familiar with, but being destroyed. Like, but it was, it was a very confusing time. Very confusing. So as I got, as I got closer to, um, the, the north parking entrance, um, I just saw people just running out, just frantic. I'm like, what is going on here? I mean, I don't, and at the, the whole time I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for parts of the airplane. I'm like, where did the airplane, I don't, I don't see anything. Like it, it was just looked like a bunch of mess, like everywhere, but I couldn't see parts of the airplane. But then I remembered because that's the uh, helicopter that's the uh, the landing pad they had a refueling station it was big like they had either one tank or several tanks of, of jet fuel um right next to right next to the pad i'm like that's probably what happened because it, it I, you could barely tell anything hit the hit the pentagon so anyways all these people started running out and i had a little honda civic a little honda civic hatchback at the time and people were just scrambling to just run across the street, just get out of the Pentagon. I just opened my door. I'm like, come on, get in, get in, get in. I don't, I didn't know what was going on. This is still like, this is really surreal. It's really out of a, it felt like it was out of a movie. And, um, you know, we were able to, to get to the nearest McDonald's, well, not the nearest McDonald's, but we went to uh, Arlington and try to find a McDonald's kind of safe away from, from all of this. We didn't know, you know, <laughs> if the the building was going to get attacked again or or if there was a bomb we didn't know anything so we just wanted to get far and away um and then we walked into the mcdonald's to, to just drop everyone off and make phone calls and it was and right then and there i looked we they had the tvs up on the in the corner of the restaurant and they were showing the um the world trade center collapsing and that was I'm like, man, we are under attack. This we're we're gonna go to war. I mean, that's that's that was just the first that was just my first initial thought. It's like we're gonna go to war. We just got a huge uppercut out of nowhere. And we're gonna go to war. Um yeah, it was a very a very it was a very hard day. A very hard day. And um so because because I worked at the um, in in the division or organization um, that I did, um, you know, things were deemed secret or critical. I, everything is critical. Um, so all of my coworkers, all of my coworkers, um, thank God they were all safe. My my immediate help desk coworkers, they were all safe, but they were pretty traumatized by the event they're the in, they're inside in a, either in different parts of the pentagon or safe and so no one got hurt um but it was pretty pretty traumatizing for them where they did not want to go back inside they didn't care if they lost their contract or lost their job or not they it was it was really that bad i was i was the only one to be outside um and and to be not, I wouldn't say safe. I mean, it was traumatizing for me, but at this point I'm like, I'm going to fight for my country. I don't care if 
all I know is IT stuff and and how to build computers and barely attach networks together, I'm going to do everything I can to serve my country. And that's how I that's how I took it. Um, my manager called me up. She goes, "Hey, we got a we got a direct order from the four star. We need this, this, and this. Can it be done?" And without even flinching, I didn't even know it could be done. I went, I I knew it could be done. I just didn't know how. So, flashbacking to my interview, I'm backing it up right now. So I said, "Yeah, we can do it. I don't know how it's going to get done, but I'll find a way." And it took me two or three days. Um, and I was able to to fulfill about seventy five percent of what the four star was was asking for. Uh, I don't want to get into details, but it's um, but it it gave me an opportunity. Um, it gave me an opportunity, not just to change my career into tech, but it gave me an opportunity to serve my country, which I love. Uh, and it gave me an opportunity to fulfill what I need to do in life. And, you know, waking up every day, I'm so thankful that I could, I can, I can greet my day with, with my wife and my three awesome kids and my dog. Um, and it's, it's just shown me to be thankful. And I try not to, I try not to um, have any anger. I mean, I, I, holding on to that is toxic. So I've, I have learned to let that go and not to blame anyone, anything. It's just, I just try to be thankful um, for every day that I get. Awesome, so, Edward. Thank, thank you, man. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah. I hope you send a, uh, a birthday card or Christmas card or something to that manager of yours that, uh, that took care of you and, told you to go get a dentist <laughs> appointment, man. That's, yeah. I didn't quite understand. So you had, you know, you had responded to the tweet asking, Hey, you know, if somebody would, wants to come on and share, I'd love to hear it. Um, you said a cavity saved your life. And I, I had pictured a cavity in the building. I just immediately assumed you were in the building and that you had like slipped into some sort of cavity and, and avoided a blast or something. Oh, no, I'm you sorry. You made a tooth cavity. No, yeah, no, no. Don't apologize. <laughs> don't apologize. It's just it, interesting. You're going to delete my segment. Delete. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm not saying you didn't deliver. It was just funny where my my, my mind went. Um, That's awesome. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you're here uh, to share the story. Um, and, and Al and Edwin, you guys have both talked a little bit about how that day you know, change your perspective on things, um, your outlook and whatnot. Uh, you know, Paul wanted to get your take on that as well. I mean, did, did that day, do you feel like it impacted you to change your outlook on anything? Well, certainly. Um, uh, I think, uh, I, I think that, um, it, for, for me, the, uh, the empathy, uh, for people who live, um, in, these, you know, uh, in, in war torn areas where death can come from above, um, to, to experience that for one day is, is one thing to, to experience that for a week or a year or a month or a lifetime, um, is, is another thing entirely. Um, and so it's, 
I, I'm certainly more mindful of uh, how our um, how our foreign policy impacts um, impacts others outside, right? Because it, it's it's easy for me to visualize living in that situation, or easier for me to visualize living in that situation, right? So, yeah. Now that I've lived through something like that, yeah, it makes sense. You guys have questions for each other? Yeah. So Al, Edwin, um, I had, uh, I, I had not, I, I had been in a different part of it, um, before I got into infrastructure and storage, uh, a couple of years later and got involved in the Penren, uh, um, uh, program. <laughs> I had heard uh, that that side of the building had already been renovated. You're right. And so therefore was reinforced compared to the yep. other sides of the building. And it would, and had it hit on one of the other sides, it would have been a significantly different outcome. Is that, is that true? So it, it's part true. So there's wedge one and it went in phases. Wedge one had almost been completed. Wedge one was, <clears throat> excuse me. I actually still have the magnets <laughs> for the Penren project. Um, <laughs> and I might post it up on Twitter. I'll post up on Twitter later. Um, so the wedge one was right by the, I don't know if you remember the Metro entrance before the Metro entrance got completely renovated. And then you would have to walk up the side of the Pentagon instead of like going through the turnstiles. So wedge one was um, in that side of the Pentagon. So that one was almost just redone. They were starting. So I can see where some of the conspiracy theories can come through because they started working. They started working on um, the wedge in, I think it was in the three, I don't want to get into technical details, but it was um, the, 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 the wing that got hit, they were, they were starting to work on the first few floors. So they would knock out, they would knock out some, um, what do you call it walls in those corridors and only knew that because i would um so i used to skateboard a lot and i, I would skateboard from my car to the pentagon it was so far i mean al pointed to that earlier it's, it's it's pretty far so but i would skate through the tunnels and i'd skate through the you know skate through the corridors and i would see them just knock out these these huge holes in the wall and they would do like perforations and anyways but yeah i could see like I remember watching these conspiracy theories of like, oh, it was a missile. I'm like, dude, bullcrap. I saw the plane and these perfect holes in the wall. That's because they're doing demolition for the next part of the renovation. So it's, yeah. To, um, but after that got hit, I mean, after that part was um, completely destroyed. Yeah, it was completely torn down and it was... Um, Man, the, the way I just remember seeing how they reinforced from the ground up and seeing what they, how they laid down the foundation. I'm like, dude, nothing's going to get through this next time. So I, I do remember um, that part very vividly. Yeah, the building was constructed in a manner in which you've never, ever seen elsewhere. It's, yep, absolutely. It's, without exaggeration and oh, yeah. no pun intended, it's a rock. It's literally, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it's funny. Is. I actually did a, uh, I did a report on the Pentagon in like the fifth grade. So I actually wow. knew a surprising amount. Like 
everything from how many fire extinguishers are in the building (laughs) to how it was so weird. Just uh, that that all that immediately had popped into my mind whenever um, you're walking through that. And speaking along conspiracy theories, and and again, I want to be sensitive because it's still fragile in our minds. A lot of people have been affected by this moment, this day. And Edwin may recall, and or Paul, uh, up the street, there was the FB2 building. It's referred to as the Federal Annex Building. Yes. and, and just uh, just to kind of give you some perspective, I have not – I've driven by the Pentagon many a times, but I've never driven onto the grounds until recently. And that happened to be this past February. There were some friends of ours in the tech community visiting from Brazil. They happened to be in D.C. for one day, and they asked if I would give them a tour of the city. And most of it was done by car. It's just, as you guys know, it's impossible to find parking without getting a ticket. It's just a a nightmare. But anyways, we drove around town, and one of the spots we stopped at was the Pentagon. And I gave them a brief, similar to what we're discussing now, a story about what had occurred that day. And we drove up, and I forget the name of the road, but it leads to the Federal Annex Building. Well, that building is no longer there. And and I'm, I'm sure they're doing a bunch of construction and renovation and whatnot. But the reason why I bring this up, there were light poles along the street, along the sidewalk, leading down towards the Pentagon that were chopped down to a foot off of the ground. I never saw this person. I don't think anybody ever did. But the rumor is that's how low the plane was flying and the the wings clipped those poles. I I believe it. I mean, I saw it. I mean, it was was crazy low. I mean – I, I can't describe like how low and how I mean and how fast that thing was going. I mean, I, I, I truly believe. It. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean it was it was almost touching the. It seemed like it was touching the trees or the buildings. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like the like just over the height of you know houses or buildings in that area. Is that what you were seeing? Yeah. I mean, if, so th- it was, it was hard to grasp it all in because I mean, you're looking forward and tra- you're driving in traffic or <laughs> gridlock in traffic. So you're facing forward, but then a sp- split second, you, it's like, Whoa, what was that to the left? And it was yeah. you, and you just catch the tail end of it. Like that's, that's literally how fast it was like, Whoa, I just saw a tail of the plane. Was that for real? And I mean, it was, it was really, it was like half a second. That's where we were all in disbelief. And uh, yeah, I could, I could totally see how that would take out some light poles. Yeah. It, it's interesting to, I mean, uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, you hear all this stuff right out of the gate. I, I heard the conspiracies around it being a rocket or something as well. Um, all kinds of just nonsense, but, um, yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know where y'all might want to take it, uh, from this perspective. Do you have questions for each other or other things you all want to share? Uh, it was, it was great to, to hear Alan Edwin, um, share their experiences from different angles. Right. I was, I was lucky enough to be with my wife. We were working together at the time and we were talking about, you know, even how our own perspectives, um, are slightly different on certain things. It's, it's really helpful yeah. to chat. But it's certainly one of those days that, I mean, if you were 
of any sort of age where you remember things, it's one of those days you just kind of never forget every little aspect of it. Right. Along the same lines, I think it was Edwin that had mentioned this, you know, giving back to your country, doing what you felt was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Donald Rumsfeld was the Secretary of Defense uh, yes. during that time. And and you guys can refresh my memory, and I was actually looking it up online. Uh, but I, I, I'm almost certain he was on TV that night on the news and something to the effect, you know, we're not going to back down as a country. Uh, we're going to be open for business the next day and so on and so forth. Um, the, the contractor, that the company that I worked for at the time, they had instructed all of us to stay home the following day, which was Wednesday. I personally wanted to go into the office, but I was, like I said, I was told, don't come in, allow frontline workers, emergency workers to do their job. We don't want anybody to get in the way. Yeah. And, I, and I totally get that. And like Edwin, uh, that was my first role in IT. I was part of the help desk. But I, so do, awesome. I do remember two days later going back to work on Thursday. And as I mentioned earlier, the, one of the contracts that we supported was for the, I believe at the time they were called PIFPA, the Pentagon Force Protection Agency. I don't know what <laughs> yes. they're called now. Um, we supported that contract. And I'm not sharing something that's, you know, secret or I shouldn't, I don't believe I should be refrained from saying, but because we supported them, we had to set them on, set them up on site in front of the crash. That for me is when it hit home. When you see wow. the magnitude of that hole in the wall wow. with with all the emergency vehicles, all the emergency personnel, and there is still, and, and it's hard to fathom or even accept this, there were still traces of smoke. You could still smell, you know, the crash. It was still fresh. That lasted but, for weeks. <laughs> yeah, and what I saw, literally, within arm's reach of me. I'm not going to go into too much detail. We can talk about it if you guys want offline, nor do I want to frighten or scare anybody. But some of the images and things that I saw, they're still engraved in my mind. And you just get the shakes on the inside because I, like we've all said many times over, it's unfathomable to accept something like that occurred not you know to to to, to our country, uh, he, to us. You know we experienced it personally, and um, for me, if I have a regret, or if you could look back in hindsight, I wish I never left that role with the contractor at the Pentagon, because I miss being a part of that organization, that group. But I, I it's. It's it's like I feel I feel like I my obli- I I didn't live up to an obligation if that's a nice way of putting it. You know, one one of my favorite times after that, after the attacks, was Al. You may you may remember this of how all different companies and organizations pulled together and they closed down the South parking lot, and I mean it was like. McDonald's working together with Burger King with um, and all these other companies and organizations to 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 just give us support and no, I, it was I, it was America like working together I mean that's 
to me, I, I, I miss that. I, that, that, um, just togetherness, that unity. I, I miss that in our country today. <laughs> like I don't it's really alien in DC at the time. And it, it really snapped, uh, for a period of some months, but yeah, I agree. It definitely unified not only the area, um, but as you point out, the country and people, yes. regardless of your ethnicity, your religion, your background, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was, it, it is, it, it is something that we severely desire in this time right now, and we hope that it returns. You know that 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 compassion, that sympathy for one another. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen. I guess people might wonder what uh, where I was. Um, it is point. nothing compared to the stories you guys have, um, but I'll share it real quickly in like 20 seconds. I was actually a senior in high school and I was walking out of zero hour to my first period when someone in the hallway said, a plane just hit the Pentagon. That was the first thing I heard. And the first thing that jumped to my mind, and I can't remember one of y'all said it, maybe I think it was Paul. I thought it was like a, a crop duster or something like some, some crazy old guys up there in a crop duster and he got you know, missile. I don't even know if there's crops in the area. I'm just now realizing probably not. Y'all can correct me on that, but that's what I heard. I was like, that's so weird. And I was headed to, uh, to calculus first period. When we get there, the TV's on and I saw, uh, the first tower, um, collapse and we're trying to review our homework from the night before. And the first question we're looking at the textbook and it was about, so in calculate in calculus, you calculate the change of something over time to find optimal things or whatever, right? It was about calculating the change in the speed of a coin dropped from the top of the World Trade Center. And it's, I, I kid you not, I mean, I'm getting chills about it right now, but it, it said the World Trade Center is, you know, 1,368 feet tall. And I just remember crossing out the word is and writing was above it and just kind of like sitting there and staring at the page for like five minutes and we tried to get through the homework and the TV's on. And I can't remember if it was in that class or we made it to the next class and the TV's on again, you see the North tower just collapse. And that's when they, they, they called it. Uh, they were like, everyone go home like days over. But that was, that was, that was my side of it. Uh, I'm glad that you all were safe up there in that area and what you were doing. And I'm extremely thankful for your time to share this. Thank you for sharing your stories. I hope it was helpful for you. I hope it was helpful for each other to connect on this, for others to hear. I hope it it honors the victims and anybody involved in this. That's all I've got. And uh, if, if it's not anything else you guys want to share, I'll let you guys go and you can enjoy hey, thanks, your weekend. Aaron. Yep. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Aaron. Yep. Thank you, Aaron. I think, I think you said it best. It's a moment to reflect and honor that those that lost their lives, but also remind us moving forward, we can achieve where we want to be. It's just going to take some time. Thanks, Al. All right, see you guys. Be safe.